Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Good morning. I believe I was supposed to be here a while ago, but um, I gave Lorna a run for her money, came down with what I thought was COVID and decided not to share it with you. So I did a, one of those Zoom links that we are now gotten very tired of. So here I am in person. This is what I was supposed to look like, so it's very good to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I did email Lorna yesterday and again this morning and said, I am still feeling well and I will be there. Because she said to Pastor Brent, what do I do if he doesn't show up? Brent said, don't worry about it, they always show up. And I thought, ha, there's a first. <laughs> anyway, so here I am and it's a joy to be here. I am really uh, intrigued by what God is up to because I have been in Psalm 1 for the last three or four weeks and loved the psalm. And you're reading it this morning, and I thought, I love that psalm, and I've been meditating on it. And then as I was doing that, I was also in the story of Daniel. And I'm quite intrigued because I grew up in a Christian home, Sunday school, the whole deal, and I've known all these stories, but as I've gotten older or I guess I am now old, I, one of my grandkids yesterday tried brushing my hair. I mean, look at this. He said, Grandpa, why do you cut your head that way? <laughs> anyway, certified I'm old. So I've been looking at some of these stories that I've known for a long time and realizing there's so much about the story I don't know. So I began to look at the story of Daniel and, and just relating it to us today. How do we stand firm? How do we live with purpose in a changing society that's all around us? And as I was reading about Daniel, I began to just look at the passage and ask myself the question. When I ask myself these questions, I don't have the answer. So if I don't have the answer, then it makes awkward to have it a message if I come to you and say I have a question, but I don't have the answer. So I promise you that after a couple weeks of wrestling with this, I believe I have an answer. But the question I asked to myself and then began to pray and ask of the Lord, why did he not want to eat the king's food? Why did he want vegetables and water? And I know the story, but why? What would be his reasoning? So I began to read, and as I was reading the passage, I'm very much influenced. I, I know Pastor Brent has been talking about church renewal on Abide, and I'm involved in that and teach it. But in my own journey, I used to read a passage of Scripture, zip through it, check it off, and I was done for the morning, and I'd pray and check it off. Now there's a lingering thing that happens, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and I just love it. I love pondering and considering. And as I looked at this passage, which I would like to read, it said in verse 3, I'm not going to say the guy's name. I'm not even going to try it. It's too complicated. The king ordered one of his officials, that's how we're going to call it, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defects, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was able to teach them um, the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table, and they were to be trained for three years. 
and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief officials gave them the names of Daniel, the name gave to Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself. And I just read that one part of that verse. It literally jumped off the page at me. Daniel resolved not to defile himself. With the royal food and the wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. So now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord and the king, who has signed your food and drink, and why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age, and the king would then have my head because of you. So Daniel then said to the guard, um, whom the chief priest, uh, sorry, the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine and they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. We've had a Christian bookstore in the past. Some of you I know have known from that. And um, one of the books we sold was this book called The Daniel Fast, and everybody went on this diet where they ate vegetables and water. It didn't last long because vegetables and water, can you imagine waking up to that in the morning? Like that is just, that's disgusting. But the background to this, when I began to just dig into it, Jerusalem, and just going into the history of it, Jerusalem had been captured by their enemies, the Babylonians. And the king of Babylon asked his officials in Jerusalem to bring these young men, these fine, the best, the, from the royalty, the nobility. He asked that his officials, bring them to me, bring them to Babylon to serve in the court of the king, their captor. These requirements, strong, healthy, good-looking, well-versed in every branch of learning, gifted with knowledge and good judgment, suited to serve in the royal palace, men to be trained for language and literature of Babylon, to be given Babylonian names and for three years of training, then serve in the royal court. There was likely about 50 to 75 of them that would have been chosen for this task. But it was Daniel and three other men that purposed in their hearts not to defile themselves. The only stipulation that they had going in to Babylon was that they would not defile God. Now a stipulation or when they purpose something, it's not on the moment. It's not um, just something that pops into your mind. It's something that's been planned out, thought out, researched, and you are absolutely committed. You are not going to change. So Daniel went in captivity with a purposed heart. For them, if they ate of the king's food and drank of his wine, they knew they would defile themselves 
so they had rather die than defile themselves. That's a pretty strong commitment, isn't it? So Daniel, a little bit of background to him, which I didn't know, I hadn't put together this, said he was likely born during the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, spiritual revival his country had ever seen. He grew up interacting with godly King Josiah, who had brought his nation back to the Lord, following God from their pagan ways. Daniel likely would have seen and heard the works of the prophets Jeremiah and Zephaniah, who were proclaiming the work of God during his lifetime because he was in the royal courts. He was part of the nobility. He would have seen and heard and interacted to them to some degree. He was very likely well-versed in the world situation around him. There was upheaval all the time. They were never quite sure what was going to be happening. And at the age of about 10 to 11, he would have experienced a great wave personally of seeing this repentance sweep through the land. But sadly, four or five years later, this wave would end. Good King Josiah disobeyed God, the results of which were his own death. He was replaced by kings that had no heart for God. They didn't listen to the prophets call them to repentance. And the country once again fell into godlessness because they refused to listen to God. It eventually was surrounded by the Babylonians who sieged, seized Jerusalem and eventually took it over. Daniel would have been about 15 to 16 years old when all of this devastation and despair took place all around him. Somewhere in that journey, he never lost heart. 15, 16 years old. My dad died when I was 17. Man, I did not have a purposed heart back then. I was all over the map. But Daniel was purposed in his heart. He's taken off to Babylon, 500 miles away. He's left his family. He's left everybody. He's there with these other men in a godless nation, and he's taken off there determined not to compromise. He enters this land as a captive, but he's confident in God and has an unwavering heart, such so that he is willing to risk his very life to not compromise. So I ask myself the question, and maybe you would ask that question too. How did he do it? How did he do it? Do you ever determine that you're not going to do something and you wind up doing it? Story of my life. I'm determined that I'm not going to eat a lot of rich food, and I'm going to take off the COVID pounds that I put on. Until we had a family party yesterday, and my wife had chocolate cream pie with graham cracker crust and pizza with cheese and goo all over it, and all of my determination just flew to the wind. And I thought last night, ooh, how easy it is to fall, and how sweet it is as well. It was delightful. But in Daniel chapter 1, verse 9, it says Daniel had special favor from God with the king's official who was in charge of them. And of the king's official, it said he had respect and affection for Daniel. Daniel 1, verses 8, 9, it says that Daniel requested of them. I find that an interesting term. Daniel requested of the king's officials. He didn't demand. He didn't force. He requested. And because of this favor, his request was granted. Now, it wasn't just a regular request. If you refused a king's offer, 
you were signing up for death. So he knew that, and the official knew that he would be signing up for his own death if he allowed Daniel and the three men to do this as well. But Daniel knew it was detestable to eat from the king's table. So he asked, give us 10 days. Talk about wisdom. The king of Babylon said, I want your wisest men. Well, man, he got a wise man in, in Daniel because Daniel had this plan. He heard from God. He was able to, to do what God asked him to do. I'm sure these insights were from God because what guarantee did Daniel have that if you give me vegetables, which also included, included grain, but if you give me vegetables and water, I'm going to be better than everybody else. How do you know? And you just see that element of trust in God. I am not doing the Daniel diet. I'm telling you that. I'm not. It's just You may have done it, and God bless you. You may still be on it. Double God blessing to you. But I could not imagine how that this would have the success rate that it did have. But he said to the official, come back and see our appearance and treat us as you then see us to be. Bold, faith in God, confident. Sometimes God gives us the confidence to say things, and then afterwards it's like, I have no idea how you're going to do this. But you've promised, and you will do it, and you are faithful. So he gained favor. He was given this special request at the risk of the official's life. But why risk death over diet? Now, I know some of you are still young and you think you're going to live forever, but it's when your doctor leans over to you and says, your chance of a heart attack is now 30% if you don't change your diet, that all of a sudden I am motivated to cut out eating the foods that I were eating. I do want to look after my body, but this was not a diet about looking after his body. It was a diet based on a conviction that he had. Why no wine? Because likely it was dedicated to idols and he wanted no part of it. Why no food? It was likely not kosher and it, wasn't, it would break his dietary laws. Why no meat? Because it likely was sacrificed to idols and so therefore would be defiled. But the greatest of all, I believe, was this understanding that if you eat from the king's kitchen, if you eat from the king's table, it's a covenant of agreement with the king. It would be like a covenant of marriage. You are agreeing, you are one with this king. And Daniel could not do that. He was willing and prepared to serve his captor. He was willing to do everything he was asked to do, but he would not compromise on this one thing. And that was he would not defile himself with what his convictions were and he knew to be true. I go back to that Psalm 1, blessed is the man, blessed is the man who remains firm, who is not defiled by the wickedness around him, but remains firm and true in God. His life will be like a tree planted by the water. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Do I believe that? That if I really live firm for God, my life will be like a tree planted by the water? For three years, Daniel lived on that diet. And they excelled, the scripture says, in everything they did. Daniel 1 verse 17 says, God gave the men unusual aptitude and understanding in every aspect of literature and wisdom. 
God gave Daniel this special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. There is no record anywhere that Daniel, in spite of being taken from his home and likely lived where he lived for 70 years and served a captor as basically a slave, there is no record that he ever complained against the government, against his captors, against the officials, but rather he served God faithfully. Can you imagine? We were talking about that just a bit earlier. Complaining is not a gift, but boy, it comes easy, doesn't it? Especially when we see godlessness all around us. And Daniel was not affected by that. So when I look at this story of Daniel, why share it with you today? Why would I spend a few weeks thinking on it? Wow, if only for me, and then permit me to share that you can just listen to this and just check it off and go home and have a nice meal on the weekend. I don't think that's what this is about. I believe that this passage, this man, I was thinking about this on the way in, like, would it be like 2,800 years ago this story took place? And his life is still being used by God for God today? And he would have had no idea that God would ever use him in this way in the days to come in the centuries that follow. He just simply was faithful to what happened to him and faithful to God in spite of all that surrounded him. I mean, he wouldn't even give up when it came time to the lion's den. He would not give up on his faith. As our culture around, around us becomes more and more pagan, more and more like Israel returned to, as it becomes godless and you kind of wonder what's going on, I believe we can learn from Daniel. I believe that you and I can learn how to be Daniels. That we can serve God no matter where we are, no matter what we do, and no matter how we do it. If it's a godless society around us, you know, my wife and I have this little power cord, and it's got a little light on it, and it's underneath our dresser, but when it is pitch black, that light is so bright it shines up the room. When it's bright, you don't even notice it, but when it is black, oh, that light shines. And although darkness may surround us, the light of Christ in us will shine brightly wherever we are, and all will see it. He is light. He's irresistible, penetrates the darkness. I believe this is only possible, obviously, through our relationship with God, a personal, living, vital relationship. And from that love relationship, we determine in our hearts that we, too, are going to follow God no matter what. I was thinking of the book of Revelation, they love not their lives unto death, and thinking, wow, they remain true to God in spite of it all. So how do we do this? Well, you live your life abiding in Christ, abiding, living, moment by moment, in him, with him, full of him, pure in heart, humbly, act justly, love mercy, forgive others as you've been forgiven. Know the voice of our shepherd and follow him always. Let go of your control. You will not be able to figure your life out. I had my life all planned out. My wife and I were going to have the bookstore. That was our retirement. Ba, 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 ba. You know what I want to tell you? God had a better plan. 
It was eight years ago last weekend. We closed the store down, and these last eight years have been the richest of my life. And I'm old. Thought that was possible? No. I thought I was losing it all, only to find what only God could give me. Serve God no matter where you are and what you're doing, what your situation may be. God himself is my reward. Expect God to intervene in our day-to-day. Expect him to intervene in our circumstances. Live expectingly, not knowing how or when that he will do it, but knowing that God is faithful, and he has been faithful, he will be faithful, and he will always be faithful. Continue to know that your life is that light. It is that reflection that all see. Be bold. Be faithful in what God gives you to speak. Be loving, but be bold. Years ago, I was so gray in what I said, people would say, is he saying yes or is he saying no? And no one knew. But as the Holy Spirit has convicted me, let your yes be a yes, let your no be a no, do it in love, but be clear. He's changed me that way. And you may never know the impact that your life has upon another one, As I was going through the book of Daniel and reading this story and thinking back, in grade four, I would have been 10 or 11 years old, just going through the changes and hormones changing and and issues going on and all sorts of darkness that would follow in my life that would be just from hell. There was this bright light that shone in my world, and her name was Miss Judson. She was my grade four teacher a Salvation Army officer that taught school back in the days when God was in the classroom. Yes. And she taught us a song, which I have never forgotten about. And year after year after year, it comes back to me and back to me and back to me. And it's a simple chorus. Dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. And dare to make it known. Grade four. She died a year or two later. She was killed in a car crash. She would have no idea the impact she had on me. That the many times when I just wanted to give up and just turn my back on God, dare to be a Daniel. Doug, I'm calling you to be a Daniel. In the world where I've placed you, speak what I've given you. Wow. Serve and honor God always. I was listening to the testimony of the guy that spoke at Asbury College just last couple weeks ago when this revival started, and he just basically, one man preached about the love of God and invited people to experience it. Do you think that man had any idea how God would use him? And where it's going to go, who knows? But the question I ask of you, that I ask of myself, I don't know. I don't know the impact my life has. But I see my kids, and I see my grandkids, and I pray for them that they will see above all, not just a good dad, but a a dad whose life is filled with the presence of Christ. And everywhere I go, no matter what I'm doing, having my hairbrush playing Lego or cleaning the toilet, they see the life and light of Christ in me. 
The other thing that I see out of this story that I just am so blessed by is invest your life in younger people. Let them see God in you. That's what kept Daniel strong. He saw it growing up. So then when he couldn't see anything else around it, what he had in his foundation remained firm. Trust God completely with your life. You too will be blessed if you do not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But if your delight is in the law of the Lord and is in his law you meditate day and night, you will be like a tree planted by the streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever you do will prosper. Not so for the wicked. Oh, their time will come. They are like chaff and the wind will blow it away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Purpose in your heart. Dare to be a Daniel and let your light shine for his glory. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.